Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by one of our newest and favorite sponsors, and that is Photo IQ. Photo IQ offers digital photography online courses like none other of its kind. Okay, it's explained simply, concisely. There's no jargon, no overcomplications, and there are lessons for from beginner to intermediate photographer from ages 13 and up. It's the only digital photography course of its kind that offers online um, quizzes, personal feedback. You get to upload your your homework, and it'll help you build your own portfolio. It's going to be more in depth than anything you've probably taken in high school, and even if you took some like freshman level courses in college. Okay, and you can do this all socially distance from home you know we're all stuck in our houses under these uh lockdown restrictions and you know some of your schools aren't open well this is a great way to learn a new skill maybe develop an alternate source of income and get that side gig starting to sort of free yourself up so what i need you to do is go to photoiq.co and use the promo code fiction to get you 10% off. He offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So ditch those pathetic sunset pictures you guys have been taking. Go to photoiq.co, use promo code FICTION, and start learning how to take anything from camera basics, still life, food, landscapes, portraits, black and white, action photos, everything that you could possibly imagine. He's got a course for it. It's going to be better than anything you can find on YouTube. So go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION. All right, let's get on with the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey yo, what's up bitches? <laughs> it's Friday. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone is doing well today. I am great. Great, to be honest with you. I've had a really nice couple of days, and I'm really looking forward to the weekend. This is probably going to be bit of a weird episode because I don't really have much to talk about. I haven't been paying attention to the news for the last couple days. I've sort of been consumed in my own life and just not paying attention to politics or anything like that. I I caught a couple headlines, you know, I'm I'm sort of still following all the Trump stuff and the election and everything like that. But more importantly, as as a lot of you may know, a a good friend of mine down here in Mexico, her daughter, four-year-old daughter, Kiara, just collapsed, just like totally uh, passed out the other night, just fainted or collapsed or whatever you want to call it, twice and ended up in the hospital for for a couple of nights and i you know i just i it, it was pure you know i hadn't really talked to them in probably 3 or 4 weeks when i first got down here i i saw them they they came to the pool uh once or twice you know but i hadn't talked to her in a couple of weeks and i was just randomly checking in on her just cuz i hadn't heard from her or, or talked to her or whatever and i was like hey you know like how, how are things going how's kiara whatever and and she's just like, well, I'm in the hospital right now. She she uh, she passed out twice today, and and uh, we don't really know what's wrong with her. But they're gonna keep us here for three days because they think you know it could be COVID, it could be something else, and they're gonna run a bunch of tests or whatever. So it, it was just I, I don't know what possessed me to just uh, hit her up on WhatsApp to kind of see what was going on, but I'm really glad I did. 
because she was in a just a really tight spot. You know, she's a, a single mom, hasn't been working because of COVID. She's, you know, she's got the daughter. Uh, she also takes care of her grandma and her mom. And I mean, that's just kind of how things work down here in Mexico. You know, you your your elders live with you and you take care of them or whatever. But all of a sudden, you know, your your daughter's in the hospital for a few nights and you're looking at what ended up being like a, a 40,000 peso hospital bill just out of the blue. I mean, that sounds like a lot. Just because, you know, 40,000, I mean, and if you're in Mexico, that is a lot. But if you're an American in Mexico, it's like two grand, two grand for a few nights in the hospital. That's not bad. So I I have a lot of thoughts on just healthcare in general and and stuff. So I'm probably just going to rant on that. But just to to update everybody. So I a lot of you listened to the little thing that I put out the other day asking for some donations to help out with these medical bills. And I'm just, I mean, I'm fucking blown away. She was blown away. You guys are fucking amazing. Okay. I I, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough. I think the last time I checked, we were like right around uh, 900, somewhere between 900 and a thousand dollars that you guys just donated because I, I asked you to. And I don't know. I'm I'm almost speechless, but I just I, I just can't thank you guys enough. You have no idea what that kind of what that kind of money means to somebody down here. And just when because I, I didn't tell her what we were doing, she was just like, you know, she was just kind of venting to me. She's like, yeah, like I don't know, like what's going to happen. I'm worried about my daughter and I'm also worried, you know, cause like I don't have any money to pay for it. Like we're in a private hospital and everything. So she didn't like ask me for money or anything. She didn't know I was doing this. And then all of a sudden today she gets, she gets a notification that like 40,000 pesos are, um, are coming. Well, I, so I did, I was like, well, let me back up a little bit because I did, well, I asked her, you know, I was like, are, are you okay with the bills and everything? Like how, how much was it? And she's just like, yeah, like, um, we're out of the hospital now. They let her go. Um, I, I put, I put 40,000 pesos on my mom's credit card just so that they would let us leave the hospital because they weren't going to let her leave the hospital until she paid this bill, apparently. And so once I... It, I mean, it took me a, a little while to sort of finagle the how, how much it was going to cost because I she she didn't want, like, a lot of charity or anything like that. So w- once I figured out how much it cost, I this morning I figured out the best way to send... Uh, uh, by the way, sending money. So <laughs> I did kind of spoil it because I, I sent her a dollar just on on PayPal to make sure it went through before I sent her like $2,000, you know, because I've had problems with QuickPay, with Chase QuickPay, where I sent somebody a bunch of money and I, I screwed up the email address. It was like I left off a zero at the end of the name or something like that. And they wouldn't cancel the payment. They wouldn't stop it. So I ended up having to like contact some guy in Argentina and he was nice enough to return the money to me. But so I, I, I sent a dollar just to, to test it out to make sure it went through. Okay. And she got it. She sent me a screenshot and they fucking dude PayPal. And so I don't know exactly what the rules are. I tried looking it up and it, they said they like take a percentage and it ranges from like two to 5% or something like that. But they took like 30% of this fucking dollar like we're we're talking like you know 19 pesos and change and she ended up with like 12 and change maybe 13 or something and i was like okay listen they they're not going to get to take fucking 30% of all the money that you guys fucking donated so i was really looking for another way to transfer money uh with foreign transaction fees internationally that wasn't going to just really eat into everything that you guys have put into this so I ended up finding this place. It's called uh, TransferWise, and there's another one. I think it's called Remit. They're both pretty good. Um, TransferWise ended up being a little cheaper, and they just the, the first transfer was free, so no transaction fees. They gave me a live, just the spot price on the U.S. dollar Mexican peso thing. So you know she she got every penny that uh, she was supposed to. But when I ended up sending 
the, the whole thing. Like, cause she didn't know, like when I, I was like, Hey, let me help you out with the medical bills or something. I sent you a dollar just to make sure this goes through. Okay. And then she got like an email once I completed the transaction that like, like she was getting like 40,000 pesos and she was just, she was literally reduced to tears and it just, I mean, it made my fucking day. Uh, I, I know you guys, um, it's going to make you guys feel fucking great just doing something like that for somebody. And the fact that everybody can just voluntarily come together and do something like that, just really fucking, it's just, it's just such a beautiful thing. And this is one of the reasons why I, I you know, I try to make these arguments to people that the, the vast majority of people in the world are, are good people. They're uh, compassionate, they're caring, they can give, you know, we had, I had people give, you know, anything from a dollar to a hundred dollars. Um, just unbelievable. There's nobody, you know, you never met them, you don't know them, but cute little girl, you know, mom that's in a tight spot and we're in a position where we have something that we can do to help them out. And, and people just rise to the occasion. And it just really goes to show you how powerful people can be and how we don't fucking need to be holding a gun to 330 million people's head and collecting tax dollars in in the most... I mean, like, I thought PayPal was bad taking 30%. The government takes, like, 80 they, they, 80% of everything they fucking take just goes to the bureaucracy and it just gets fucking squandered. And then the 20% that you actually, um, that they actually spend on the things that they tell you they're going to spend on, half of it at least probably doesn't go to what you want them to do. You know, a lot of it goes to the military industrial complex, you know, so we can bomb fucking democracy into every sandbox in the Middle East, you know, places like Syria, Yemen, like the vast majority of American people can't even find these places on a fucking map. And yet they're they're donating, uh, donating in quotations, thousands of dollars every year for these bullshit causes that nobody wants them to do. So, I, I mean, it, it's just absolutely uh, ridiculous that this is the way we've chosen to organize society. And, it, you know, things like this where I can just talk to a couple thousand people and say, you know, listen, like, this is a friend of mine. She's in a tough spot. If you can help out, please do, you know. And, and you guys just fucking, I, I don't even know. I'm Like I said, like, I don't know what to say to you guys. Like, I'm just fucking... I'm just so happy right now. Um, she was freaking out. Like, she thought she had to pay me back for all this money. I was like, listen, uh, don't worry about that. Just pay the fucking credit card bill because I don't want you to have to be paying 20% interest until you can pay off this ridiculous fucking bill. And by the way, you know, it wasn't just me. Like, I, I had a podcast and I asked, you know, some of my listeners to help out and I mean, they, they, you guys took care of most of it. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just such a beautiful fucking thing to see anarchy work. Call it a, a proof of concept if you want. When you get to live the, the values that you preach, especially I, I, I come in front of this microphone a, a couple times a week or whatever, and I talk about libertarian principles and uh, current events, politics, economics, whatever it is. But when you actually get to do it, and see it in action, and see other people. What a fucking beautiful thing! I don't know. It's moments like this where I'm I'm reassured that uh, just by humanity, but also that we're just right. We we are right about this. Like we can we can have a society where you don't have to steal from people in order to do good or purportedly do good. You, people will voluntarily give to the causes that they want to give to. And you just have to assert yourself, like take some fucking initiative, some personal responsibility, whatever it is. And if you have a cause that you think is worthy, go make your case. I mean, that's all I did. I put together, what, like a five-minute video. I made my case to you guys. Some of you, you know, were wanted to help out. Some of you didn't. That's, I mean, that's fine. But I mean, that's all it takes. And just, I mean, we're, we're a couple thousand people. There are billions of people on the fucking planet. And it's just the idea that we have to force a, a way of life or just our agenda down somebody else's throat is absolutely ridiculous.
absolutely ridiculous. And I don't understand why more people can't see this. They always, you know, they they always just balk at the idea of private charity or people helping each other out. And I just think that those the people that balk at that are just they're usually just bad people. <laughs> they're the ones that are like that will not fucking help out. You know, they're really selfish or something like that. Because the vast majority of people that I encounter in my life, they're more than willing to help out if they can. And if you think of how much is just wasted in all of the stuff that we do, not even just what they take from you in taxes, but the compliance cost, the amount of money that you spend just complying with the tax code, all of the fucking money that's spent in the bureaucracy collecting it, figuring out how much you owe, the IRS, all of this stuff, and then they, they just waste all of it. We wouldn't even have to, they're like, well, how are we going to come up with trillions of dollars? You don't need that. You need a fraction of what they're taking from us because because when it's a cause that you care about, like I was, I literally spent over an hour today just trying to find the best way to send this money that was not going to eat into, you know, how much you guys have contributed. I, I wanted minimum fees. I wanted the best exchange rate. And I wanted it to be like seamless. And I spent a, a long time figuring this out. I was I, I signed up for like three different fucking sites just to see how much it was going to cost to send this money. And I ended up, um, you know, going with the one. It was like six dollars cheaper or something like that to to do uh, the one that I did. You know, that's six more dollars that that can go to the cause that we, we wanted to go to. There is no fucking way on earth some fucking bureaucrat puts one one thousandth of the effort into whatever they're spending your money on you know what i mean so the idea that we can't do this ourselves is just absolutely ridiculous and this was just a great proof of concept i can't thank you guys enough again and uh heidi the the mom like I said, she was reduced to tears. She was like, thank, oh my God, like, I can't believe you did that. Thank, tell them, tell everybody thank you. And I mean, so she thanks you guys from the bottom of her heart. And um, Kiara seems to be doing much better. They think it's a bacterial infection type of thing that was eating away at her cellulose or something like that, which caused her blood sugar to just plummet. And so she collapsed. Um, so... It, it seems right now like it's an easy fix that she just uh, she's got to take some medication to kill the bacteria thing, and then she just has to make sure she's eating more often. She was she was going like you know ten to twelve hours without eating, and I, I mean honestly I don't know if that's just because they um, you know couldn't afford to have meals or something like that. I just I, maybe she was sleeping too much. I don't know exactly what it was, but right at the moment now it looks like hopefully that's all that's wrong with her. Um, they're going to check back with her in a week to make sure if it happens again, if she has like another episode where she faints or she passes out or something like that, then they're going to have to run some more tests. But right now it's looking good. I think she's feeling a lot better. I posted some pictures in the private Facebook group and on Twitter and everything so you guys can see her. She's an adorable little girl and I think she's feeling a lot better. So happy ending. Thank you guys so much. Um, it's just, it's really great to see people practice what they preach. I, I just can't believe that, uh, I'm in a position where I could do something like this. I mean, it might not seem like that big of a deal to a lot of people, but I never really, I never really thought I would do something like that or, or just be in a position where I, I had a, a few thousand people that I could, uh, communicate with and just be like, Hey, you know, like I, I, I need you guys to help me out here. And it just, um, it's very humbling. It's just, it's, it's just amazing. And I, I'm just so grateful for everything. Uh, just the last couple of days, you know, when you know somebody that's in the hospital or something like that, it really puts things in perspective. You really realize how good you have it. Just being healthy, uh, being in a first world country, things like that, you know? So I'm feeling pretty good right now. It's Friday night. I have had, you know, a, a few, <laughs> I had a few cocktails down at the pool, whatever. And PV's opened back up again. So we're, we're re resuming our normal weekend hours now, our normal business hours. So nothing's closing at 830 or anything like that. This is probably going to 
come out pretty late because it's about nine o'clock now. So, you know, things are looking up for me. Um, I just wanted to give you guys an update there. Oh, a couple more. Um, I randomly, I was on Twitter last night. I don't know why, but I was, I, I ended up seeing something like a, one of those libertarian follow train things, no libertarian under a thousand listeners or something like that and this girl uh martha bueno i think is her name she was doing some libertarian follow train thing let's take a quick second and thank our other dear 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 sponsor of the show you know him as lorenzotti coffee guys if you like premium italian coffee but you hate going to these corporate poorly managed poorly prepared coffee houses, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that, especially now where you got to put on a mask on and stand in a socially distanced line. You're going to love Lorenzotti Coffee. They deliver premium Italian coffee and coffee brewing supplies right to your door. It's a small business that was started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee and their desire to bring that small, independent coffee house feel back here across the pond to the United States. So what I want you to do is go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and they'll give you 10% off your order. Even if you're not a coffee drinker yourself, I'm sure you know someone who does, and these tins are beautiful. They'd make a great you know, portion of a gift basket or something like that if you wanted to send somebody that you care about a package. Go to lorenzotti.coffee, use promo code FICTION, and you'll get 10% off. All right. And so I just, you know, I followed her, and then I end up clicking, or she followed me, and so I, I pulled up her thing, and I followed her, and I looked at her her profile, and it had all this, like, Hispanic stuff in it, like Hispanic libertarian stuff. Let me, hang on, let me pull this up. Yeah, she's the host of Libertarios Hispanos on LPTV, Vice Chair LP Miami-Dade, Vice Chair Community Council. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm hiding out down in Mexico for a while. Maybe we should have you on the podcast. And it turns out that she is, or was, she was the Hispanic Outreach Director for Joe Jorgensen's campaign. So she's going to be on the show. We're going to do an interview on Monday. I'm going to have her on. We're going to do a Zoom thing. I think we're going to try for video. So look out. Um, I'm jumping into the 21st century here. <laughs> we're going to do we're going to try to do some a, a video Zoom call. And I, I don't know, I'm just going to talk to this girl. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to try to get her thoughts on that, you know, more specifically um Hispanics and libertarianism and I don't know, the Hispanic perspective of libertarianism. And then the other thing is that uh she's a female. So one of the things that, you know, we've been talking about uh, a few times on this show who and I know that's going to make at least a couple of our listeners happy is the topic of women in libertarianism. So I want to pick her brain on that a little bit and how we can reach more women, get more women involved in libertarianism. I don't know exactly why. It's like literally probably 90% white male libertarianism. It doesn't make much sense to me. I feel like it should resonate with just about every human being on the face of the earth. And I'm sure it'll help that I have some video so you guys can see my boyish good looks. And actually, this girl looks like she's pretty easy on the eyes, too. So um, maybe that's the way we get <laughs> we get more uh, more women into libertarianism. We got to get some more attractive men. But uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know. So I, I, I can't wait to talk to her. It's going to be a very interesting interview. And it's going to be she's going to be my first guest. I've never had a, a real guest on before. Hopefully I don't screw up the technology and it all goes smoothly according to plan. But so that's going to happen Monday. It's just going to air as like our regular Monday episode. I think we're recording around, what did I say, five o'clock central time or something like that. So I don't know how long we'll go. We'll go until we're done and then I'll, you know, I'll clean up the audio or whatever and I'll release the episode. But that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I guess that's about it in terms of... Um, What's been going on with me? Sorry, I mean, that was probably like 20 minutes of very personal stuff. But um, 
a lot of exciting stuff happening with with the podcast, and hopefully you guys have had a chance by now to listen to the uh, the episode I did last Monday with um, Buck and the Death Tyrants. And just yeah, I'm having a great fucking time. This is um, I, I feel like this is going to be the next few months are going to be very big for for us and for the podcast and everything like that. So a very exciting time. I do want to back up and, and just talk about healthcare in general in the United States, in Mexico. What, however, you know, it doesn't really matter what country you're in, but in the United States in particular, just what we've done. The government has done an unbelievable job of just completely destroying the healthcare industry. Healthcare, health insurance, all of it. It's a complete mess. And it is, like so many other things, 100% government made. It's really unbelievable how many times they can fucking just inject themselves into a problem, make it a thousand times worse, and yet... Every four years, you get hundreds of millions of people that are fucking falling all over themselves to vote for more government to try to fix these problems. I mean, they've completely destroyed, like I said, the healthcare, health insurance industry. They've completely destroyed the education uh, industry. I mean, everything they touch just turns to complete shit. Why are we still thinking that the government can solve these problems? I mean... Don't you think if they could, they would have done it by now? I mean, that's one of Trump's like most persuasive arguments when he's going up against Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden or something like that. He's like, Joe Biden's going on and on about how he's going to fix this. He's going to fix that. I got a plan, blah, blah, blah. And Trump can just look at him and be like, Joe, you had 40 fucking years to do this. What were you doing? Why weren't you fixing it? The thing is, they can't. All they do is make fucking things worse. When it comes to the healthcare industry, health insurance in, in, uh, in particular, I mean, this is a, an unmitigated disaster. The Affordable Care Act, right? And of course, they give it these nice-sounding names, like who could be against affordable care, right? We just want everybody to have insurance, and if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Well, it turns out that was all complete bullshit. Everybody's health insurance cost skyrocketed the the idea of covering people with pre-existing conditions completely destroys the concept of insurance and i've probably gone over this before on the show but this is like i I love these examples where the government takes these words like insurance and just completely distorts the meaning of them to the point where it renders them unidentifiable right it's like the idea of insurance like the you insure against things that are probably not going to happen but in case they do you're going to be protected like in the rare instance that i i end up with um you know i get hit by a car or i'm in a coma or i get some other life-threatening crippling disease cancer or something like that you'd be protected from it that's what insurance is for. You insure against the, the low probability of something catastrophic happening, right? And there's different levels of catastrophe, right? So you can insure for more common things if you want, but you don't insure things that are guaranteed to happen. And that's one of the reasons why our insurance is so fucking expensive, because we insure routine visits to the doctor. It's absolutely ridiculous. None of the other insurance that we have, car insurance, homeowner's insurance, they they, they don't work like this. Like your car insurance doesn't cover oil changes and, and gas, like the gas that you have to put in your car. If it did, it would cost an arm and a leg to get to fill up your car with gas because not only do you have to pay for the gas, then you have to pay for the insurance and the insurance company has to cover their overhead and everything like that. So you end up paying, you know, two, three times more. And then if you have a government on top of that where you have all these compliance costs and you got to provide all this paperwork and everything like that, it would, it would end up costing you like $10 a gallon for, you know, $2 worth a, a gallon of gasoline. That's what they've done to the health insurance industry. You don't insure against things that are guaranteed to happen. That's retarded. And that's not insurance. And you don't insure against pre-
pre-existing conditions. I mean, this is the most insane fucking thing ever. And what's really crazy is that go back, you know, 8, 12 years ago, whatever it was, the the Democrats, uh, Barack Obama, they were pushing for pre-existing conditions. Republicans were against it. Now, Republicans are, like uh, Michael Malice always says, conservatives are progressives driving the speed limit. Well, now, nobody wants to touch the pre-existing conditions. And this is... This is what happens every time you get a government program, like Social Security. Now, nobody wants to touch Social Security. Initially, it was struck down by the Supreme Court as unconstitutional, and now nobody will touch that with a 10-foot pole. Ten years ago, pre-existing conditions, Republicans were like, this is ridiculous, we can't cover that. And now you have Donald Trump, and he's like, listen, we're getting rid of Obamacare, but we're keeping the pre-existing conditions. Everybody will be covered. It's going to be tremendous. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. You cannot insure people that are already sick. I'm sorry. You just can't do it. And I know that makes me sound like a fucking heartless bastard or something like that. But that's that's not what insurance is. You just can't do that. You can't. You you. The whole concept, like I said, of insurance is you're trying to play the odds. You know, there's a there's a slight chance something might happen, and in case it does, I'm going to uh, protect myself against this um, random event happening. You can't insure yourself after you're sick. Because you're already sick. I mean, that's not insurance at this point. It's just uh, it's just a subsidy. It, it'd be like if you could buy car insurance after you wrapped your car around a tree. I mean, who's going to pay for the car insurance before you wrap it around a tree? The, the only reason you buy the insurance is so that after you wrap it around a tree or after you get sick, you're covered. If you can just wait till you get sick or wait till you wrap your car around a tree to get the insurance and then they pay it out, I mean, nobody's going to be paying into this thing. And that's how insurance pools work. You have to have enough people paying in that don't get sick, that don't wrap their cars around a tree in order to cover the, for the people who do. I mean, if you're just going to cover people with pre-existing conditions... Well, then who's going to buy insurance? And that's why they had to have the uh, the individual mandate. That was the whole point of the individual mandate. It's like the only way we can cover sick people with insurance, the only way we can insure sick people after they've already been sick is if we force young, healthy people to pay into this system. And so that's what the whole individual mandate was about. And that's why Trump's idea of just getting rid of the individual mandate but somehow covering pre-existing conditions is even more fucking ridiculous than the Affordable Care Act was to begin with. I mean, this whole thing is an unmitigated disaster. And then the fact that you can't buy insurance across state lines, across country lines, all of this is just all of the government's making. The fact that you're, I can't buy insurance from like Japan or Germany or something like that. Why not? Why can't a German company sell me health insurance? I want to buy it. They want to sell it. What's the problem here? Who are they protecting, right? The whole idea, you know, it drives me crazy when you fucking hear these politicians like Bernie Sanders, AOC, talk about, like, they bemoan the fact that, like, you lose your job, you lose your health insurance. That was 100% the government's fault. They did that. They attached the health insurance to your employer. None of our other insurances work like that. Car insurance doesn't. My, I lose my job. I still have my car insurance as long as I keep making the payments. I, I lose my job. I still have my homeowner's insurance as long as I keep making the payments. The only reason our health insurance does not operate like that was wage and price controls in the wake of World War II. That's it. Government imposed wage and price controls. They said you can't pay your employees employees more than X number of dollars. And so, in order to entice employers employees to work for them, they said, "Hey, you know, I I know I can only pay you ten grand, but I'll give you like you know twenty five hundred dollars worth of health insurance. I can do that." And then they build all these fucking tax incentives into the tax code where you can put money aside. Uh, pre, pre-tax and everything and health savings accounts and all this shit. This is 100% a problem of the government's making. And it drives me 
fucking crazy that nobody addresses this. It never comes up. No, no, no. They're just greedy insurance companies, capitalism run amok, deregulation. Like, we, we're going to, you know, stick it to the drug companies and we're just going to, ugh. It just drives me fucking crazy. And that we're the only, uh, you know, civilized country in the world that doesn't have free health care. Look, if you let the free market operate in anything, but in healthcare in particular, like we used to have a, a free market in healthcare. If you go back to like the, the uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, something like that, before the, you know, all this craziness began, health insurance was not a big deal. They were selling like catastrophic health insurance policies, $5 a month, $5 a, a year, was it? I, I, I forget, actually. It was probably $5 a year. <laughs> uh, don't, don't quote me on that. But it was, it was negligible. Whatever it was, it was negligible because it's catastrophic insurance. And most people only want to insure against catastrophic things. You should be paying out of pocket to go visit your doctor when you have the sniffles to go get a checkup or something like that. And it should be inexpensive because you wouldn't have all of this um, bureaucracy, red tape, insurance, third parties paying for things. Oh, God, that's another thing. It's another fucking problem. It's just like the the person paying the bill is not the one receiving the care. It's, It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, have you ever gone? I used to do this. Like, I haven't been to a doctor in a while. I probably should go get checked out for something. I'm getting up there now. I'm 36. But have you ever gone to the doctor? Like the last couple of times I went, I would just ask them what something cost and nobody has a fucking answer. Nobody knows. They'd be like, oh, you know, we want to run this test and that. And I was like, well, how much is that going to cost? And they said, oh, I don't know. Several hundred dollars more was the closest I got to an answer. And that, that, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Like who runs a business like that? I go to my barber shop and the fucking prices are written on the chalkboard right when you walk in. Haircut, $20. You want to shave? 25 <laughs> Or maybe it's 30 now. I go to a real old school fucking barbershop in Chicago, Alfredo's. I can't uh, recommend it enough. If you guys are still in Chicago, go, go to Alfredo's. See Clint. Old school Italian barbershop. Alfredo is still cutting hair, I think, sometimes. You, you might be lucky enough to catch him, but he's getting up there. But, you know, three, four chairs, stack of Playboys, the one of the last fucking places where you can go. And it's still like uh, a blast from the past. You can be yourself. You don't have to. It's not a safe zone or there's no microaggressions or anything like that. But go see Clint and uh, get yourself cleaned up. But you go to a barbershop and the fucking the prices are right there. Every store you go to, the price is right there. Why isn't it like that with healthcare? Why can't you go to the doctor's office and say, how much is this going to cost? And they don't, they don't have a price for you. Well, it's because they have to fucking do all this back and forth negotiating with the government and with the fucking insurance companies, and they got to go back and forth. And, you know, a month later, they, they come up with a fucking price. It's absolutely ridiculous. And if you pay out of pocket, they'll give you huge discounts just so that they can avoid all of that bullshit. But this is 100% government made and you know down here uh a a two night two three i think she was in the hospital for three nights might have been two forty thousand pesos two grand for a two night stay i mean it costs you two grand just to fucking take an ambulance (laughs) to the hospital in the u.s right i mean this is absolutely ridiculous how fucking insane these prices have gotten and what really bugs me, though, is that it gets blamed on the free market as if this is capitalism's fault for all of the problems in healthcare. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. If you look at any other area of healthcare where health insurance isn't involved, where people pay out of pocket, like, <laughs> this might be a little too much information, but, you know, I, I'm down here in Mexico. Everybody, all these women have fake tits now. Everybody's got fake tits. A bunch of my friends, and, and I know, you know, three or four fucking women in Chicago, they've got fake tits. Everybody's getting fake tits now, and they're, they're paying out of pocket. It's like, I think you can get a new set for like six grand, and they'll give you like an interest-free loan for two years or something like that. Something insane. It, it costs practically nothing. LASIK eye surgery, these are all uh, elective surgeries where the prices come down to the, to the point where 
everybody and their mother is doing it. I mean, it, it really is incredible. But if it was covered by insurance, it would cost like 10 times that. Absolutely. Yeah. Look at LASIK surgery or look at um, in Canada. You know, they love to point to Canada as, uh, the, you know, socialized healthcare, whatever, medicine. But, the you know, um, a lot of Canadians, they come down to Mexico to get their fucking teeth done and things like that. There's a town just north of here, about 15, 20 minutes called Bucerias. There's like a whole industry catering to uh, fixing Canadians' teeth because th they come down here, it's a lot cheaper, even though they have free fucking dental and medical care and everything like that. And um, same thing goes with elective surgeries. And but just look at the look at the price of something like that, or look at things like uh, veterinarian services and, uh, and stuff like that, where they're operating on animals, where that's not not covered by insurance. Now I know there is some dog insurance and stuff like that now, but the prices for anything where insurance isn't involved have been coming down, and that is the natural state of an economy. I mean, that's the goal of an economy is to bring the, the price of things down. You increase efficiencies, you have uh, technological advances that make things easier and more efficient to do. And that brings costs down over time. People like to think that, you know, because medicine is complicated, and you got these big fancy MRI machines and things like that, well, it has to be very expensive. What? That, that, that's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be. MR, they're just taking fucking pictures. A MRIs are not that fucking fancy of an equipment. And that thing is, it should make it easier. Like now, instead of having to get a surgeon there and cut somebody open and dig around through their fucking insides to figure out what's wrong with them, we can take an MRI. We, we can take a picture of them, an x-ray or something like that. I mean, that should save thousands of dollars. But the, the prices of these machines have never gone down. Now, why is that? Why is that? This is a fucking racket. Oh, they, they've just intervened into this, into this market like they do all the time. They completely fuck it up. And then they blame it on free market capitalism. And it just drives me absolutely fucking insane. You know, I was watching, I, I watched Joe Rogan. Dave Smith was on Joe Rogan. And they, I mean... Dave crushed it again. I mean, he's a fucking, he's just legendary now. He's been on Rogan like three or four times by himself and a couple times with the Legion of Skanks or whatever. But they were talking about the student loan issue. And I mean, I know, I'm sure Dave was just sitting there like dying when Rogan was just like, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love fucking Joe Rogan. He's fucking, he's legendary obviously i mean he's got millions of fucking people that listen to his podcast so who the fuck am i but i'm sure dave was just dying when he was giving his take on the student loan issue and and dave did a pretty good job of breaking it down i don't think i would have been able to contain myself <laughs> um, i mean i would have to keep reminding myself that you know, i'm on like the fucking the joe rogan experience to um just be more, a little more fucking courteous about the way things work. But I mean, the government did the exact same thing to education and a college degree that they're doing to that, the health insurance industry. They, there was no fucking problem there to begin with. They inject themselves into this arena and they completely fuck it up. And the worse it gets, the more they want to get involved. And nobody, nobody goes back to the beginning before the government got involved and was like, well, why, why don't we just get the government out of it again? Yeah, like it was working great before then. People just assume that because the government's involved in it, that there must have been something wrong to begin with, and that's why the government got involved. As if freedom didn't work, right? The free market didn't work, capitalism didn't work, freedom didn't work, and so the government just stepped in because this was an area that the free market couldn't handle. That's a bunch of fucking bullshit, okay? I've done a lot on the, the healthcare industry. The, the education industry, I mean, this all goes back, again, so um, the voting age used to be 21. Now, I've mentioned that I think it should be at least 35, but it was 21, right? And if you go back to the Vietnam War, they were taking a bunch of 18-year-old kids and shipping them overseas to go get fucking 
their legs blown off by a bouncing Betty over in Vietnam. There was a a large outcry, big anti-war movement where you're old enough to go to war, you should at least be able to vote kind of thing, right? And there's something to be said for that. But okay, um, how about we just don't go to war, (laughs) right? Um, or at least take 18-year-old kids and fucking throw them into a battlefield. But anyway, so what they ended up doing was lowering the voting age from 21 to 18. And that, that again, that's also why I think you have the discrepancy between you got to be 21 to drink, but you can vote at 18. So all, all Vietnam War shit, because at 18, you could be drafted. You were, you were drafted into fucking slavery, the worst form of slavery, where you get to go be fucking cannon fodder for some general in a battlefield in some rice paddy field, you know, halfway around the world that nobody fucking cares about and nobody... Anyway, um, so they lowered the voting age to 18. It was shortly thereafter that politicians are like, well, now 18-year-olds can vote. And what are 18-year-olds doing? Well, 18-year-olds are just graduating high school what sort of fucking benefits can I promise them in exchange for their vote? How about a guarantee to pay off their student loans? I'll guarantee their loans. How about that? So the, the government lowers the voting age to 18. It doesn't take politicians long to hop on that fucking bandwagon and look at the, the political landscape and be like, well, we've got this whole new voting block, you know, eight, 18 to fucking 20-year-olds, right, that are trying to go to college, trying to better themselves or whatever. Well, how about if we, you know, come up with this narrative that, your life is going to be worth dog shit unless you get a college degree <laughs> and then we guarantee the the student loans and then they'll vote for me vote for me i'll make sure you can go to college i'll make it affordable i'm going to make it affordable for you to go to college and then you'll get the the american dream right the white picket fence a wife two kids and a dog all that shit right Well, when the government says they're going to make something affordable for you, what they really mean is they're going to make it easy for you to go into debt to pay for it. And that's exactly what fucking happened. If you look at a chart of student loan debt, and you can even just talk to your parents or your grandparents, I don't know how old you are, but talk to your parents, talk to your grandparents, chances are they worked a summer job. They worked for three months, bussing tables, Uh, They were a bartender or something like that. And that was enough to pay for their fucking college tuition, their apartment or room and board or anything like that. You can't fucking do that now. You can't do that now. Why can't you do that now? Because the government came in and guaranteed the student loans. Now, there is no fucking bank on the face of the earth. I don't care what fucking you could have the the federal reserve where they get money for fucking free and they loan it out at interest they're still not going to do they they're still not going to loan money to some fucking 18 year old jerk off kid to go fucking take bong rips and binge drink at a frat party for 4 years and read books they're not going to give him 50 100 grand just no questions asked just go, yeah go go ahead go have fun kid no 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 they're not doing that they're they're banks okay they're in the business of making money i mean an 18 year old kid has nothing he's got no job prospects he's got no collateral he's got nothing there is no goddamn way they're going to loan you any fucking money let alone tens twenty thousand dollars a year to go fucking read books and fucking take beer bongs at frat parties for four years so the idea that these loans would exist absent the government guarantee is preposterous okay what would have happened was the same thing that's been happening since like 1865 okay or i don't know how long fucking harvard and yale have been around but i know that the price for like 70 years didn't go up at all it was something like 60 or 75 dollars a year to go to yale for like 50 60 years the price didn't go up all right now All of a sudden, the government gets involved, going to make things more affordable, and they're going to, you know, uh, guarantee the loan. Well, okay. I mean, these universities aren't fucking stupid. They can do the math. And now, lo and behold, tuition just goes through the fucking roof because the government's guaranteeing the loan. This is free money. And not only that, not only does tuition go through the roof, and now all of a sudden they, they'll just let any fucking Joe Schmo into college. So you've got 
you got the price going up because of the government guaranteeing the loan. You've got the value of the degree going down because they're opening their doors to anybody with a fucking pulse. And that's also why they came up with all these retarded fucking degrees that you can get gender studies, Chicano studies, all these liberal arts degrees that are completely fucking worthless. They'll come up with anything. You could you could study fucking underwater basket weaving as long as you're going to get a fucking loan from the government for tens of $50,000 a year and you're going to pay the school to do that. Of course, of course they're going to do that. And I mean it's absolutely ridiculous, but when the government was guaranteeing the loans, on top of all that, the banks only have so much money to lend out. So businesses, entrepreneurs, people that were actually going to create value on the planet, they were going to do something potentially that could affect people's lives in a positive way, increase value throughout the economy, make everybody's standard of living higher. Well, now all of a sudden, they're not getting the loan from the bank because, well, it's risky. A lot of businesses fail. And why would they why would a bank take a risk on, you know, Joe Sixpack starting his company, his restaurant or his uh, you know, whatever. He's making widgets. Okay. But there's a, a really good chance that his business is gonna fail within the first couple of years. And over here, I got a government guarantee. I mean, they can print fucking money. This is 100% guaranteed. Of course, I'm just going to give the money to the student. So all of this money gets redirected from the productive part of society to these universities for fucking idiot 18-year-old kids to go get fucking humanities degrees. I mean, we have completely fucking destroyed the country. And this is a big part of it. This is a big fucking part of it. And, and on top of that, they're getting fucking brainwashed by Marxist professors. So, I mean, Jesus Christ, this whole thing is just an unmitigated disaster. And then since so many people now go to college, the degree is worthless. So as the degree becomes less and less valuable, the, the price of it keeps going up. These are not free market forces, by the way. That's not how the free market works. When things become less valuable, the price comes down. And that is not what you're seeing with college degrees. And so now you got to get a master's degree, and then you got to get a PhD because everybody gets a master's, and you're in school till you're fucking 29, you're on your parents' insurance and this whole thing you're not entering the workforce until you're almost 30 but you've been voting for the last 10 years jesus christ and you're not paying any taxes or anything like that so you have no fucking life experience you have no idea what you're doing and by the way you're not paying into the biggest fucking ponzi scheme on the face of the earth and social security so that's going bankrupt i mean this is just like like the the ripple effect of just Hey, how about the government guarantees student loans is fucking massive. And then, of course, that wasn't good enough because once the government came in and guaranteed the loans, well, the price started to go up, as I've been detailing. So then Barack Obama steps in 2008, 2009, around then, and says, hey, the price of a college degree is just too damn high. And it's because of these greedy bankers and their profits, and we need to cut out the middleman. We'll just loan directly to the students. <laughs> and here you go. Look at a chart of student loan debt, and you will see that it takes a fucking 90-degree turn, <laughs> like 2009, 2010, right after the government starts loaning directly to students. So they get rid of the government-guaranteed loans, and the banks get out of the student loan business altogether now. And the government is just loaning directly to the students. And that is just like fucking, it, then it goes gangbusters. <laughs> then the schools are like, holy shit, these fucking idiots are actually just going to print money and give it to fucking 18-year-old kids to give to us. We can charge whatever the fuck we want. And that's what they do. And then the poor fucking 18-year-old kid graduates with a worthless degree. He's been propagandized his entire life to believe that if he doesn't do this, if he doesn't follow this path where you go to school, then you go to college, and you get the degree, and then you get a job, and you work that job for 40 years, and then you retire, and you get Social Security. If you don't do that, you're a fucking idiot. Your life is worthless. And, of course, they graduate 26, 27, maybe 29, depends on how many fucking worthless degrees they want to pile up. And they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, no appreciable skills. They, they actually come out dumber than when they went in. 
<laughs> that that's literally what fucking happens in almost every instance. Um, economics, in particular, I mentioned that I think when I was talking to Buck on on Death of Tyrants, like you actually have to fucking turn in. You have to throw common sense out the fucking window to get an economics degree these days. But you, you come out of college dumber than when you went in. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. You have a you basically have a mortgage payment with no house, and you have no appreciable assets. You have no job prospects. Nothing. You end up taking a job that you could have gotten in high school or right out of high school, <laughs> and you could have just had that. But now you have it with uh, fifty, hundred thousand dollars worth of debt hanging over your head. How are we doing so far? Thank you so much, government, for making college more affordable for me. Please help me out a little more. I mean, it's like what, that, that old saying, uh, I'm from the government, I'm here to help you, like look the fuck out. <laughs> like they, Every time they try to help you, they make you worse off. And what we've done to entire generations of people, the entire economy is a goddamn travesty. And so while, while I thought Dave did a, a fantastic job on Rogan, I, I wouldn't have been able to contain myself as well. And I know, I know Dave knows all this stuff, and he was just trying to be you know, a little more um, palatable, I guess, <laughs> to Rogan. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, especially if like, Rogan's handing me fucking whiskeys and shit while we're talking for three hours. I would have really um, ended up going off on him like that. But... Uh, it, it just really is just unbelievable how bad they can they can fucking screw something up. And then of course, what's the solution now? Like, what's everybody want to do w- with healthcare? It's like, well, now the government has to get more involved in healthcare, and the government just has to take over everything. We need single payer, and we, every, everything's free. And the same thing with education. Now we need to f- uh, you know forgive all this debt that we let these fucking kids pile on. And uh, you know, education should be free. Healthcare should be free. I mean, that all sounds nice. That all sounds fucking nice if you're a fucking two-year-old or some fucking, if you're in like a beauty pageant, you're giving these sing-songy answers, but who's going to pay for it? I mean, how are you going to get these universities to fucking keep their lights on, these hospitals, all these doctors to work for free? You can't do it. You just can't do it. The solution to the problem is not more of what caused the problem, government. It's the exact opposite. It's to go back to what we had before the government got involved before they messed up the fucking health insurance industry where I could buy a policy for five fucking dollars to make sure that, yeah, if I got uh, cancer or something like that, I'd be covered, you know, and you can buy that at a really early age. I mean, pre-existing conditions shouldn't even be like you could you should be able to insure your kid before they're born. Right. You get your sonogram or whatever, and they certify that the kid is looking healthy and everything like that. And then you can buy insurance for your kid before they're even born. I mean, there are a million different solutions to this. There was no problem in health insurance before the government got involved. They just got involved and then they created all these problems. Likewise, with education. There was no fucking problem in college education. Like people that wanted to go to college could go. They could work a summer job and pay their tuition, pay their room and board. It was not a fucking problem. But once they lowered that voting age, then it becomes this thing where the politician gets something. They get to promise you a free lunch. Oh, you don't have to fucking don't worry about working that summer job. To go to fucking college? No, 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 no. We'll give you a loan. We'll we'll give you a government guaranteed loan. Take your summers off. You deserve it. You're going to school. You know you need a couple months off. So don't worry about working the job. You'll just you'll take this loan. Okay. You get your summers off so you can have a good time. You can relax. Whatever. And then once you get your job out of college, you pay the loan back. I mean, what's wrong with that? Sounds good to me, right? Yeah, sure. Right. They get. You know, the politician gets the vote of the 18-year-old kid who doesn't know any better. The 18-year-old kid gets to fucking, you know, slam fucking chicks and slam beers for three months in the summer instead of, like, what I did, which was open up the fucking paint store at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings. All right, waiting tables, whatever, anything like that. They no longer have to do that. They, They just get the loan and, you know... Initially, that probably worked out great for the first couple of people to get that loan. But once the market catches on to the fucking scheme, 
it's off to the races. And look at the price of fucking tuition now. Look at it. Look at it. The government stepped in to make college more affordable. And it's less affordable than ever before. It's more expensive than anybody could ever imagine. It blows through the the, the pace of inflation by like 10x. Nothing is increasing in price faster than a college degree, except maybe health insurance, which, by the way, the government stepped in to make healthcare more affordable. Are you guys seeing a fucking pattern here? Do you see what happens, Larry, when you fucking get the government involved? It's the camel's nose under the tent. You cannot fucking trust these people to do anything. Whatever they say, the opposite is going to happen. Whatever they name their fucking bills, the Affordable Care Act, the Patriot Act, the exact opposite of whatever that name is, is what the result will be. That is, I don't know if that's a law. It should be a law. That If it's not already a law, that's Profita's fucking law. Whatever they fucking name the bill, the exact opposite of that is going to be the end result. The Patriot Act, the least fucking patriotic fucking piece of shit legislation you've ever seen in your life. Affordable Care Act, yeah, the least affordable care you'll ever receive in your life. That is, uh, that is Profita's law. The moral of the story is don't let the government get involved in anything. They screw it up beyond recognition. That's where the whole, that whole uh, uh, acronym, FUBAR, comes from. The military-industrial complex, FUBAR, fucked up beyond all recognition. That's the government. Uh, that came from the government. It, it, that's what the government does. Stop looking to them to fix problems that they've created. Literally everything that we we face right now. Any any problem that um, you hear about in your day-to-day life is there's a 90% chance it's 100% government-made and a 10% chance that it's mm, 90% government-made and maybe 10% something else, right? They, they are a fucking albatross around our neck. They are a cancer, and they just keep growing and growing. And the more the cancer grows... The, it's like it's like if you had cancer and you went to a doctor but the doctor was like the head fucking the CEO of the cancer that's causing you that that's ailing you or whatever it's like you you're suffering from melanoma and you're you're going to like the the CEO of melanoma inc for fucking advice on how to cure the cancer, the the melanoma that kills you. And of course, they're going to think that more of whatever they're giving you is going to be the cure. And I really, I truly believe that we are like in the last throes of this whole fucking experiment. I just wish that I could get more people to see what the problem is before it's too late instead of just blindly lining up for these elections and slobbering over Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Donald Trump. Like this is... That is literally exactly what got us to where we are. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, if you think your fucking life is going to improve, one iota because career politicians are now back in office. I mean, these are the the same people that have screwed up all of this stuff I've been talking about and then some. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous to think that they have the answer to solve the one thing that Donald Trump is right about is just hey you've been here for 40 years like how come you didn't how come you weren't doing this 10 years ago when you were in office how come you weren't doing it 30 years ago like what the fuck have you been doing the, the truth is they can't do it they don't even want to so please please from the bottom of my heart stop looking to the government to solve your fucking problems. And anytime you hear a fucking politician say that they can do this or they can do that Think of health insurance, think of health care, think of what they've done to higher education, and think of this podcast episode, and tell them to go fuck themselves. I'm going to wrap there, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. Thank you all so much for fucking donating to uh, Kiara's medical bills. Like Like I said, that's just unbelievable. I'm at a loss for words, but 
You guys are fucking awesome, and I'm going to figure out... I don't know what I'm going to do yet to reward all of you guys for donating, but I'll probably put it to a, a vote or something in the private Facebook group, so make sure you join the private Facebook group. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. It's, it's not too late to, to donate to Kiara's cause, so go to PedalingFictionPodcast.com. There's a support this, the show tab there. You'll see a thing. It's donor box, and you can set up any kind of donation you want. Dollar, as little as a dollar. Uh, anything that you can give would, would be fucking fantastic. I, I don't know. You know, I, I got the... I, I covered the... We're good on the first hospital stay. I know she had to have some some more tests, like an endro, endocrinology fucking thing for her brain or something yesterday. I don't know how much that's going to be, but, you know, if you want to donate to the cause, that's great. You know, if not, whatever. You can also just donate to the show to uh, help keep the lights on around here. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back on Monday, maybe Tuesday. I don't know yet. My schedule's kind of been thrown out of whack recently, but I will be back with a brand new episode for you. Thank you all so very much for listening. I love you all. And just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.